The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You know the show, you listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and there is a whole lot that's going on right now. It is so much going on in the world of sports. You, you know, because of the fact that so much is going on in the world of sports, it's made me realize that I owe an apology to Tim Tebow. Now, I know you probably wonder, where the hell is Ray going with this one? But I owe an apology to Tim Tebow and a lot of other people in the media owe an apology to Tim Tebow. It's because for the longest, the only thing that was talked about, whether it be this show or the big boy shows that are out there or the newspaper, what they were printing, what they were writing, what was being discussed at the water coolers, was Tim Tebow. And I've come to realize that the reason why Tim Tebow was the topic of discussion for most of us was because he was the only interesting thing that was happening. There were other people out there that were involved in sports, playing and participating in today's games, that their stuff just wasn't newsworthy. And so how did I come to this great conclusion? It's because for the past few weeks, there have been other things that appear to be more interesting for people to discuss. I mean, think about it, you know, what just, I mean, Tim never changed. He still was, you know, been signed by the New York Jets and there's still a quarterback controversy that's brewing. They have announced that perhaps maybe he's going to be taking some snaps as the punt protector uh, on special teams. Uh, and by the way, for those of you who don't know that, that's not a bad move on their part because now you've got the risk of perhaps maybe a fake punt on each time they set up to punt the ball. So, therefore, the coverage downfield uh, is maybe not going to be quite what it was uh, in the past in terms of the return team setting up. Um, you know, they're not going to get those long returns because they got to sit and wait and watch Tim to make sure it's not a fake punt. So, therefore, there's the gunners can get down and tackle the guy who's returning the punt. But, anyway, those are the kind of things that are in, had been in the media. And the media had just been, uh, you know, we were just mesmerized by Tim Tebow. And so that's all we talked about. There were no other interesting stories that were out there. But now you got Bobby Pertino and what happened to him in, in the motorcycle. You know, you got uh, Ron Artest, uh, Metal World Peace. Forgive me for saying Ron Artest, but Metal World Peace. Uh, got a story with him that's out there. You know, there are some more interesting things happening 
in the media. You got what's going on with the Saints, which I guess hmm, I, maybe they might have to change their name. You got to think about it. You, you certainly got to think about the fact that perhaps it wasn't Tim's fault that he was the topic of everybody's conversation. It was that wasn't anything else real interesting happening in sports. And, of course, now we got the draft coming up. So now we can talk about some other things. So I, I, for whatever reason there was, if I said anything bad about, you know, why all the attention being focused on Tim, I just want to go back. I'm, well, let me give, I'm going to give Blake Griffin a little shout out. Because homeboy throwing it down just about every night he touches the basketball court and throwing it down over top of somebody many times. Too. So he always has some, you know, he had he should have gotten a little bit more coverage and he should have been a little bit more of somebody's discussion. But then there are, there are people out there that feel as if well, dunk is only two points. Again, I believe those are people that didn't play the game because you have to understand. And we don't talk about that a little bit later because uh, Dr. White's going to join me, and we're we going we gonna to talk about the emotional aspects of just life and sports. You know, I, I don't really think that people quite understand the emotional charge. And when you hear people talk about Dr. Jack or Mr. Hyde, and when a, when a person puts on a uniform, they really do become somebody else. They really do. If you've never done it in your life, it's hard for me to explain it to you. But when you put a uniform on anybody, anybody that is involved with any aspect of a business or a job where you have to put on a uniform, you now become a complete different character. And if you don't, then I, I think you might want to stop and think about if you're really taking your job seriously or if you're, you know, the best person for that job. Because think, just think about it. I don't care what it is. Whenever you see somebody with a uniform on, when they have the uniform off, do you look at them as the same person? There, there's certain expectations and certain personality traits that go along with whatever that uniform represents. You have to become that. And it's a transformation that you go through psychologically, particularly on the football field. And if you're not ready for it, then you don't need to put that uniform on. And so I'm going to get into that a little bit later. I'm not sure I want to get that. There's, there's, there's a couple people of which uh, I was hoping uh, to have join me on the show today. Uh, I've just uh, there's so many things going on. It, it, this is a period of time where it's a very busy period of time for us here at Voice America and particularly Voice America Sports. So uh, sometimes, you know, we anticipate having certain guests with us and they're just not able to make it. Uh, I want to give a shout out right now, if I could, to, to Najee Good, a uh, young man out of West Virginia. Of course, I played with his dad, John Good. Uh, John and I played together with the Philadelphia Eagles. John was a tight end, also played for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals when they were in St. Louis. And uh, uh, hopefully it's going to happen. It's going to happen, and I, I'm one of those people that, you know, unless you're a first-rounder and you're sure you're a first-rounder, everything else that happens, we have no control over. Even those that are first-rounders, if you're not, like, projected to be, like, one of the top three picks, then you could fall. You could fall really low. And, and so I, I don't like that this is an emotional time of a person's life, that I prefer not to be the, the one who's, you know, making the roller coaster go up and down. I prefer to just be at an even keel and let them relax 
and enjoy this opportunity. Also, Dominic Joseph is a young man that I, I mentored out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, who's from uh, the University of Virginia. And uh, Dom, of course, is a uh, uh, young man who played corner and safety. And he's uh, he's looking at draft day. And for me, just going down memory lane, you know, my birthday is April 27th. You know, and it, it was I was drafted for my birthday. So I, I knew what that meant for me and to me. And I continue to, you know, to think about it each time draft comes around, always around my birthday. Again, it'll be on April 27th. That'll be the second day of the draft because the draft starts on Thursday. And um, Friday will be the second. And, of course, Saturday will be the, uh, the final day of the draft. But this is this is a major part of a young man's development. And, and I say a young man because it is the National Football League. And, of course, there, it's um, a league that consists of all men. So these are young men that are that are waiting um, to see what's going to happen on draft day. And I understand now the Philadelphia Eagles may be throwing a loophole, or, you know, some kind of uh, they throwing something in it. They looking for a loophole or they or they trying to throw a monkey wrench into something with the Atlanta Falcons because Sante Samuel may be out of there. Now, we're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles real quickly. I just want to say this. I think you need as many cornerbacks as you can get. I don't care. You know, anybody that can cover, you need people that can cover. This This is moving uh, closer and closer to, I don't want to say seven on seven, but it, 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 the game changed years ago. When I played the game, third and three and less was an automatic rundown. You know, they, they, you know, they talk about tendencies. The tendency was that if it was three yards or less on third down, that teams probably 90% of the time ran the ball. Then that third and three became third and two or less. 90% of the time teams are running the ball. Now third and two or third and one, teams are passing the ball. On third down, third down is just a passing down anymore. It's as if an offensive lineman, mano on mano, cannot move a defensive lineman to the point where they can gain one yard. If I were an offensive lineman, I would be embarrassed. I mean, I've seen some highlights where Tim Tebow has gone to the sidelines and told the coaches, and, and the only person running this ball is me. He's going to run the ball. So I don't understand why the hell Jeff Saturday, you know, <laughs> like Jeff Saturday said on the sidelines with, when, when Peyton was trying to get on him and Peyton to tell him just block, you know, don't worry about it. You know, we, we'll run the ball. But right now you guys just block. Jeff Saturday was saying, hey, man, let's run the damn ball. I'm an offensive lineman. I, I can I can do this. I can make this happen. But I'm telling you, in today's game of the National Football League, you need as many cover people as you possibly can on the defensive side of the ball. So Asante Samuel, you know, making nine plus nine point nine, I believe, this year and eleven point something next year is about to be paid and maybe on another team. The Eagles may be shipping him out, but I'm not sure. I'm not really sure that's the best move. They didn't have their best year last year. And guys just are not as, you know, they're making business decisions on the football field. And they're not, you know, not good ones many times when it comes to. Again, making a tackle and sacrificing your body to make a tackle. Shout out to Ricky. Ricky said it. Ricky Waters. For who, for what? It's not happening all the time. Corners want to play the pass. They want to intercept. They want to tackle some wide receivers. Sometime, I don't know if they're interested in coming up and, you know, taking on Adrian Peterson, 
Mm, I don't think so. So we'll we'll certainly see what what happens with the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, I like to talk to the Eagles because about the Eagles because you know it's near and dear to my heart. I could be biased. It's Israel of sports. So I you know I, listen. I think that Asamiye say you know when, when you think about when you think about the man playing the corner, there's not too many that are better than him when it comes to pass pass defense. So perhaps maybe you know we might rethink that because you know you when you're playing against the Dallas Cowboys when you're playing against the New York Giants you know both you know Tony Romo he's Tony's okay Tony's good Tony is a starting NFL quarterback in the National Football League uh he probably just needs to make some better decisions but Tony Romo can throw some passes Tony Romo can can beat you and and the Dallas Cowboys got you know they got a plethora of receivers down there they they got some good receivers down there, and so I think you might want to think about it. you know when you're playing against the Giants you know you need you need to have three or four you know corners safeties that can cover when you're playing against the Giants, and Redskins with with RG three if he come in there now is again he's going to extend the pocket because he's going to be on the move a lot so you're going to have some corners that NFC East. I'm not so sure it used to be a black and blue, but it could be a lot of passing going on in there. So I, to give up a corner, now, I got a problem with Sammy Santo because of the fact he don't want to tackle. I got a big problem with that. But I think perhaps maybe you just have a conversation with the man and, and ask him, listen, are you really making business decisions? And he probably will tell you, I'm making business decisions. You're making them as an organization. I'm making them as an individual corporation. Yeah, Yes. I made some business decisions. I might do it again. I mean, he's um, he's made some that I think have, have certainly it's changed the perception of the Philadelphia Eagles being a physical football team. I, it's not like I'm looking at you know Bobby Taylor and and and, and Troy Vincent out there on them corners. I, you know, I'm not looking at Hanford Dixon and Frank Minifield out there on the corners. Although it certainly could be that way with the Philadelphia Eagles. And so. Um, I just want to throw that out there because that's my team near and dear to my heart. I, they, if they get rid of or something, I don't know what they're going to do to uh, how they're going to, you know, that third person, who that third corner is going to be. But uh, we'll find out that. And we'll talk about some other things. We come back on the other side. It looks like I might have to take a break here coming up pretty soon. Um, I'll tell you what, man. Metal World Peace. I got to talk about Metal World Peace. Come back. We're going to talk about Metal World Peace on the other side of this break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I said when we came back that, of course, we were going to talk about uh, better world peace and in order for me to do that and get it right and to provide some value to you and your time, I felt that I needed some help to address this. So I'm going to bring in my good friend, Dr. Danielle Mency-White. And Dr. White, hello, how are you there? I'm doing great, Ray. How about you today? Oh, the world is treating me good out here. I'm in Arizona. I'm happy. I got something to talk about besides Tim Tebow. I'm not mad at Tim. <laughs> I'm mad at everybody else because, see, obviously they weren't doing their job. If the, if the topic of the conversation and the season has been over with and the man did not go to the Super Bowl and he's still carrying conversations, then the other people in the sports world are not doing their job. And that's what I realized. Because finally now we have something else to talk about, and I had to call on my good friend. So I know you're prepared because you're always prepared. So I, I just want to throw this out to you. First of all, did you have you seen the highlight, or did you see the game uh, when the Lakers were playing? I saw the highlight. I, I was, you know, I was following it. I was, you know, hearing blurbs here and there. But when I saw the highlight, I was like, ouch. Yeah, <laughs> because it could be seen from two different. You know, initially when I saw it, I was like, "He's celebrating." I mean, it's not like he turned around and with the hand that he was beating his chest with, you know, just cocked back and you know floored the guy. It wasn't, you know. And some people would say, "Well, I mean, really, he didn't know he was there." Well, um, do we run into people when we see they celebrating? Interesting perspective. Uh, that's very interesting. And I'm, and I'm glad you, you, you said that you saw it. And I'm glad you said that initially you had one perspective. And as time has gone on, I'm not saying that your perspective has changed, but certainly you've had time to think about some things. And, and, and first of all, for those out there who don't know, um, of course, uh, Dr. White is a sports psychologist, if I'm correct. Yes. And, and so I wanted you to add, uh, again, some credence to this conversation um, because of the fact that we all have our personal opinions. But okay. but it, but in the profession, uh, I'm sure you're aware of, and many people out here are aware that that sports is um, an activity of which people the adrenaline is at 
an all-time high in terms of the level of adrenaline. And so with that being the case, various aspects of the game may either increase or decrease one's adrenaline. If you're getting beat, I would assume you're not as engaged and the, the level of excitement is not as high. So you're feeling a little low and the juices aren't flowing. However, when you get into the flow of the game and you do something that perhaps maybe may energize your team and it certainly energizes you, then the emotional level is raised. And I think from just my understanding of seeing what happened and putting myself in that situation, I see that Ron was, I mean, truly engulfed into a moment of celebration. And then he was, if you will, um, his enemy approached him in his path to go back onto defense. And, and, and then he reacted in such a way that for those of us who've been outside of the sport and don't study it like you study it, could see that that was something of which there are no excuses for, uh, no place for it in the game. And, you know, this is an ugly monster and he should not be a part of the game. You would look at that something different. And, and if you would, Doc, if you would just kind of walk us through as a professional who would be, let's say this was a part of a case study. Mm-hmm. How would you guys look at that and evaluate that situation? I'm going to ask you to do that for the listeners right now. Well, I'm going to evaluate it. And, and let me just clarify, while I am a sports psychologist, I'm a holistic sports psychologist. So I look at the total individual, okay, um, which means um, the emotional aspect of the individual who happens to be a professional athlete versus just looking at, you know, mental performance and increasing performance and things of that nature. So that's, you know, while mental performance and, of course, your performance out there, um, you know, in the area of competition is important, what's most important is to find out where that person is coming from because what I believe now is taking place is that a lot of folks are jumping on the, look what happened back in 2004. This is Ron Artest with the anger management issues. What we saw on the tape, okay, uh, between Ron Artest making his third dunk for the night, okay, and the excitement over that versus the Ron Artest who consciously, after having a beer thrown at him from the stands, went up into the stands when he was a member of the Indiana Pacers. That's the, that, that, that big gap between Metal World Peace and the Ron Artest from eight years ago, people are taking that gap and they're actually shrinking that gap and making that one person. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying he's morphed into somebody else, but what I am saying is that if you look at the fact that he has won humanitarian awards, he has more than demonstrated that he is consciously making an effort to evolve as a person. That whole, again, that total athlete, that total person. He's making the, uh, the, the efforts to do that. Now, what happened out there on the court? That is, again, it's totally different from what happened when he was a member of the Pacers. Now, if, if people want to take that and 
you know, break it down digitally and go from microsecond to microsecond and say, well, at this point, he should have known that James Harden was right there. So, therefore, that elbow should not have come back as hard and as forcefully. As far as I'm concerned, the only flagrant, the only way it would have been flagrant is if he was looking at the man, saw him coming, and decided, let me go ahead and elbow him as I, as I go back on defense. Well, and, and I hear what you're saying, and I know, but there's some people out there that are going to say this um, in response to what you just said, is that he maybe he didn't know that it was Harden, but he knew that it was an opposing player, if you will, and and he wound up and he delivered a blow intentionally knowing that it was going to land and hit the other person. In what particular area? I'm not going to go there. But right. but but the intent was to strike a blow. Now, when I saw it, and I've seen it a couple different times, when you look at it as if you're standing under the bucket, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you're the fans, and you're looking at Ron, and Ron just dunked the ball, then he's turning and running, you can see that James Harden kind of moves over a little bit just to get in the way of Meta World Peace and, mm-hmm. and and to somewhat, you know, alter his gant back down the court. Right. And 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 I think without a doubt, Ron felt that, well Meta felt that, and and in doing that, he kinda like, okay, you push me a little bit, but I'm pushing you, but but I believe here and here's what the point I'm trying to make. In terms of the uh, the emotional charge. Mm-hmm. I, I think when people look at what happened in Indiana and mm-hmm. what happened the other night, I think if there is such a thing, I think those are two different emotions. One, what I talked about earlier, you know, and that's the excitement mm-hmm. of, of, of being in a, in a celebratory type of mode as a po- mood, as opposed to, you know, in more of a, you know, a down drug and, you know, defeated mood. And, and so I, I think one was a retaliation, and you did this. You threw this on me. You, you, the league isn't going to protect me. You you've overstepped your boundaries. I'm coming at you as a person to retaliate for what you did to me. And then I think this here was more on the court, and it was more of okay, this is aggressive play between teams. You trying to rough me up? I'm trying to rough you up. I, I, I just think that I think that's two different mindsets. When you go up in the stands after somebody, they've crossed the line. When you're on the court or the field, there are rules. Now, the elbow, again, it was perhaps maybe against the rules in terms of, you know, it was flagrant or whatever they want to call it. But certainly it's a part of the game. Now, some people say there's no room for what he did in the game. But I think that's because they're looking at Ron Artest. Not right. Metal World Peace. They're looking at Ron Artest and they're saying, oh, no, there's no room in the game for what he did. If you if you take what he did in the context of that game and the flow of that game, I think it was a very small part of that game. And it played out as a very small part of that game, because if the Lakers would have got blown out, maybe it would have been more of, of, of the conversation. But it was such a competitive game. I doubt very seriously that we heard anything else about it more than once or twice. As the game went on. Correct. And, Correct. And, and so, 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 so I think, if I'm not mistaken, that you have to take into consideration 
that this was in the flow of the game. This wasn't premeditated. This wasn't intentionally set out for that person. He didn't know who that person was. And I think that's why the league has taken so long to really look at this and study this, because I think they're feeling like like we're feeling. I don't know if they're waiting to see how hurt, how badly injured, uh, you know, Harden is. And, and the punishment will be also based upon, you know, the results of his diagnosis. I don't know that. But I certainly mm-hmm. think that they're taking the time out to really look at this. I mean, this is the NBA. It's a business. Ron Artest is a big part of that team. I think the Lakers is a team they'd like to see successful. You know, it's one of the largest markets in this country. Uh, but I certainly think that, you know, they're looking at it almost like you are. They're trying to look at it fairly. And not, this is not Ron Artest. This is a man who eight years who's changed his life. And, and, and like you said, you know, been recognized for good things as opposed to something mean, nasty, and ugly. Right. I mean, he's been a spokesperson, you know, uh, for mental health. And when I say a spokesperson, I'm talking about a legitimate spokesperson to, to say there are mental health issues and people should not be ashamed to address those issues when they have them. Now, Doc, when you say that, now, uh, you brought that up, I didn't. and I'm gl- mm-hmm. But I'm glad you did because there's room for this in this discussion. Mm-hmm. Is 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 by you bringing that up? Is that something that you are aware of? I'm not aware of, but I know some people have brought it into question. His mental stability, his emotional, him able to control his anger. Do you think it's something that Ron is challenged by? Could possibly be challenged by? Well, you know what? It would be. I'm going to say yes. It is something that he is challenged by, however, and let's pay attention to what I say behind the what however. The people that we should be most afraid of are for people who have mental health challenges or anger issues, yet deny them. Those are the people that are most dangerous. Not someone who has identified and said, you know what, I need help. See, that's the problem, especially when it comes to sport. In sport, on the one hand, we want individuals to be responsible, but then on the other hand, we want them to be in denial. It's like we want comic book heroes. And, you know, like you were talking about how the league is taking so long. Well, and it's ironic because as we were, you know, discussing this, I thought about what took place with the elbow and, you know, Harden going down and, you know, he's, um, I, I heard reports that he failed some tests uh, about the, you know, with concussion injury. Okay. Well, what Ron Artest, and people are saying there's no room for him in the league. He needs to be banned. Let's, let's compare what Ron Artest did to what Kermit Washington did to Rudy Tomjanovich. There's a, there's a huge difference between the two. And, I, and, and, and it's interesting you brought that point up, too, because it was brought up by one of the Van Gundys during the broadcast. And he, and he talked about when Ron took a stance over there as one of the players had approached Ron. And, right. and Ron took a defensive approach because, again, it's one of those things where, again, I'm not condoning what happened to Rudy Tomtonovich at all? Not at all. No, no. But but what I'm saying is that again was that was a defensive approach. Is that somebody ran up on you and you don't have a clue? Some there's a fight going on. Somebody runs up on you. And again, I think that was a reaction. That was a reaction. But at the same time, when you think about that type of reaction, it also had to be something. Whereas 
you must have been able to see this man out the corner of your eye with your peripheral vision or whatever it is because somebody running up on you could have been your teammate. True. So, so you so you must have known that it was an opposing player and you you struck him and, and you did what you did. So what what Ron did at, at some point in time is he, he became a person that was on the defense, because even though I've done that, it looks like everybody else is trying to attack me and, and I'm going to be on, on my defense now because I may have to start defending myself because they may all attack me. Right. But but let me ask you this, because this is what's really interesting about the whole thing about. There are people out there who may be faced with some issues and Ron may be faced with the same issues that other people are faced with. And he may be getting the proper medical attention attention and some other people may not be. Is that is that is that a beauty? If there is some beauty in this story that perhaps maybe some other people could perhaps maybe look at Ron to see the way he responded to this. And that could be you. You could be looking at yourself and don't even realize that that's you. That's how you react to some things. Exactly. And sometimes it will take for a person to actually see someone else act out in a way that others have perhaps told them that they act out in. But until they actually see it, they can't relate to it. But then that's one of those things when they're looking, they'll say, wow, I wonder is that what I look like? And then ask somebody, is that how I, is that how I react? Yes. When right. somebody cuts me off in traffic? Yes. And it's interesting, too, because Ron, Ron was saying, as he was explaining to the ref, I was celebrating. Yeah, that's what Ron, Ron thought that was. A, I was just celebrating. And, and then something happened. I don't know how he explained it, what happened, but I think he, he tried to throw the elbow into the celebration. That was a part of the celebration. Right. I think, I think the force of the elbow was a result of how excited he was about the celebration. I think perhaps maybe if he had not been in such a celebratory mood at that particular time, perhaps maybe the elbow would not have. But I think if you look at the degree of the celebration and how powerful the celebration was, the beating on the chest, I think the elbow was of that same magnitude. Right. It was. And I mean, and you know, I mean, you know, if you wanted to get like uh, ESPN, you know, what is that, sports science? You know how they break down everything and they show it on the computer? That's right. Okay. Yes. So say, for instance, they did that. They took Ron Artest during that celebratory mode and they, 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 they put him up on the computer screen and diagnosed, or I shouldn't say, well, yeah, diagnosed or assessed what his activities were at the time. Somebody could arguably say that as he was, you know, it, let's see, trying to, trying to visualize uh, his positioning, okay? He's made the dunk. Yes. So at that point, he's facing the basket. And then as he is coming around celebrating, he's coming around, and he takes his uh, right arm, and he's beating on his chest. Like, I am the man, this is my third dunk. And did you see the defender try to block it, but I dunked it anyway. And I, and now it's time for me to get back down the court to play some defense. I'm going to celebrate as I get down the court. So in the force of beating your chest and maneuvering your body around, heck, you can use the elbow. To get yourself around. I'm just throwing that in there hypothetically. Mm -hmm. Because that could be an argument. Because it takes force to, to, 
to turn the body. And and I guess what I was saying, I think we're on the same page here, is I'm just I'm staying with the amount of energy that was exerted during the celebration. Exactly. And tying it into the amount of energy that was exerted to deliver the blow. And I'm saying they were right in line with one another. It's not like he took it to another level. It was that was on the same level in terms of exerting amount of energy to get that accomplished, just like I did with the amount of energy it took me to make that dunk and to pound myself on the chest several times. That was all in the same amount of energy being exerted. Right. And, and so we're on the same page. Yeah, and so and, and that's what I and that's what I'm saying. I, I think if somebody would take it like that and they would look at it like that in terms of trying to assess and evaluate, you know, what his intent was and what his you know frame of mind was and all that, I, I think there might be, you know, a little compassion for the man because I truly, truly, truly do not think that, you know, the intent was to seriously hurt somebody. You know, sometimes there are people, and you know this too, because uh, there have been studies of people who have been able to demonstrate uh, an amount of strength that is brought into question. Wait, that woman was 120 pounds and she lifted the car up off her baby? How could right. that? That's not possible. And and that's where I go with this whole adrenaline stuff that, that goes on in sports to the point whereas I, I, somebody like you, I'm assuming, at the league has to be bought in you know, to make this determination of, okay, what is the penalty going to be for Ron? I don't think just a novice like myself, you know, should be somebody there making that decision just based upon, you know, the rules. Because all rules, and particularly those in NBA, are left open for interpretation. Right. You know, it's not it's not a hard line on any rule, traveling, carrying, fouling, you know, exactly. none of that. It's always subjected to the individual's interpretation. And so... I just think that Ron, I'm sorry, Meta World Peace, I think he needs somebody to step in to, to go through this like they're going through this and to really put, you know, a concerted amount of effort into it to be fair to all parties involved. And that doesn't mean uh, uh, because Harden and, and Harden's got a reputation now. We, we know he's got a reputation, too. Mm-hmm. So it's not to say that we're going to compromise him. But I think that we just, there's some things that need to be taken into consideration when the gavel finally falls on Ron Artest in, in this particular one. Now, let me ask you, let, let me let me let me stay there, but go someplace else. Uh-huh. Is this something that consistently perhaps maybe is, is Ron an example of which needs to be considered that, you know, other things need to be taken into consideration when. You're, you know, making decision on sports. I mean, where is the, the emotional aspect of when a person tackles a person or when a person elbows a person or when a person kicks? I mean, if you can remember Dennis Rodman back in the day mm-hmm. when he was down on the ground, the camera was there and he kicked the man. You know, right. you know, do we take does your profession come into our assessment value now and, and when we levy the fines and stuff like that? Well, you know what? Um, a lot of that, when you bring up about um, Dennis Rodman, and I'm going to tell you somebody else who stands out to me, uh, he was definitely a bad Bill and Beer, okay? Yeah, Bill and Bad Boys, yeah. <laughs> yes, okay. Um, a lot has transpired over the years. Uh, people want a kinder, gentler, uh, professional athlete. They want... Um, they want the whole uh, professional image. If you recall back when uh, uh, 
Commissioner Stern, uh, you know, was talking about a dress code and how they should look when they go to, you know, away games and not, you know, with the sagging and all of that. And, and what you began to see is you be, began to see, um, for lack of a better term, gentrification. <laughs> gentrification with uh, professional sports. Okay? Uh, and so when you start looking at, I mean, when you start looking at players, um, say, whether or not they're coming out of high school, whether they're coming out of college, going straight to the pros, those are things that, you know, keep cropping up about lack of maturity. Okay? But when you look at uh, Metal World Peace, someone would say, well, heck, how old is this guy? He's, what, 32, 33 years old? Somewhere around there? Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, this is, okay. that happened eight years ago. We know he'd been in the league for a couple years, so he's right. at least 30. Yeah, right. Right. Okay, so we, we know how old he is, and it's like, and you mean to tell me that by now he hasn't gotten it together, he doesn't understand? But well, let me again. ask you, but, but Doc, let me mm-hmm. ask you this. We're talking about emotions. Do emotions mature? You know what? I'm going to have to say, you know, I'm one of those type of professionals that uh, I never, ever want to get to the point where I come across as having arrived uh, emotionally, uh, psychologically, because then that would mean that I'm, I'm no longer living. So I'm going to say that, um, well, let's put it like this. The best example for me is the fact that I went to three, you know, institutions where we had some heavy-duty rivalries. If you want to ask if emotions um, mature, just ask uh, some alum of Ohio State University, Michigan Weekend. Well, okay, and, and see that I, I'm kind of going there with you, okay, and 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 I, and I agree with that because it's it's and it's one of those things. Whereas, are the expectations really beyond what we can deliver? Because to me, emotions they don't mature. I I think that when 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 I I don't want to be I don't ever want to be boy out of control when it comes to my emotions. Right. But at the same, emotions is something that should flow naturally. And that's what I'm right. saying. That's what I think what happened to Ron. That was a flow of his emotions naturally. But, but in sports, let me tell you, you always got to be the, 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 what they call it, the cue, the, the, the cool cucumber. They, they yeah. want you to be smooth and, and calm and control of your emotion. It wants to be a, you know, controlled aggression, you know. And yeah, I hear all that, and, and I know that, but, but sometimes your emotions can get the best of you in the heat of the moment. I mean, even in, the, in law, I, I mean, you know, there's, can, can, can a, a person, a man or a woman, uh, commit an emotional crime and perhaps maybe, you know, get a lesser sentence? Because, oh, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? You know, you, you, that's where the temporary insanity defenses come in. Temporarily, you were insane when you committed that, that, that murder. Okay, so you just made an excellent point. Now, let's say if, and we all know that Ron, because Ron gave a shout-out to his psychologist, okay? Right. Okay, so suppose Ron was to have some paperwork submitted to the league, and the paperwork could substantiate Ron's, you know, volatile emotions from time to time. Does that make hmm. him an exception to the rule? I would do it. Well, I can tell you what it would do, uh that could get him, and I, I'm going to say could because um, he's got a medical condition. Right. That could that could get him protection under the American with Disabilities Act. Uh, and I'm go, I'm I'm all for it. I, I truly am all for it because the man has been a perfect gentleman trying to perform 
on the mm-hmm. basketball court. In his interviews with people, he's been very cordial, very approachable, you know, been a true profession, a exactly. professional. And so I, I just think, and even his response, I mean, a lot of times when people respond to something that they've done of which they've done wrong, they go on the defensive side. And mm-hmm. and to me, Ron didn't go on the defensive side, whereas he was aware of the fact that that Harden has stepped into his path and, right. and it was altering his path to get back on defense. OK, maybe not to the degree of which, you know, the response, you know, was worthy of, but he still altered his pathway to, to go back on defense. But Ron did in his in his response to the referee of his defense. He didn't really go into defensive mode and say, I was trying to get down and he moved in my way. He didn't say that. He went back to his celebration because right. for him in his mind, that's what he was doing. He was still caught up in the celebration. Now, I'm going to let I'm going to make a real comparison for you where I think, no, come on. You know, homeboy, you got to come up with a different one. OK, okay. Sue, Ndamukong Sue. I knew you were going to go there. OK, when he tried to say that he didn't step on home. Come on, man. Come on. That, 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 no, no, no. Now, matter to say that I was caught up in my celebration. Okay, maybe you were, but at some point in time, you threw that, you know, the celebration, yeah, you were caught up in it. So with the same force of the celebration, you delivered that blow, but you delivered that blow. But on the other hand, McDonald and Sue's trying to say, man, I didn't step on him. I didn't mean to step on him. Oh, come on. That, that, that's okay. Refresh my memory because didn't he do that twice? Didn't he step on somebody twice? You see what I'm saying? Exactly. He had just been to the commissioner's office a couple. He had been suspended. He had just well, been to the commissioner's Right, because remember, um, well, the, the, the one I'm talking about is when he actually, because he got beat, he actually, like, when he down there on the pot, you know, on the guy. He smashed he the guy's he, head. He smashed he his head. the guy's head, then get up and stomp on him so yeah. the whole world could see. Yes. Yes, that's a huge difference. That's not even one in the same. There was nothing celebratory about that at all. Not, not, not at all. Not, not at all. And so that's what I'm saying. To that degree, there's no defense. Right. But I'm saying, and and it could be, you know, what I'm saying is with with Meta's situation, if indeed there is a defense there, it could be again his medical evaluation, which the league mm-hmm. has it and they're aware of it. Okay. Right. And then the emotions, because I'm showing the profession, it talks about. You know, perhaps maybe when people who are challenged find themselves in a position where they've been engaged with something that just changed the emotions drastically, instantly, and how they possibly could react and to look out for this. You know, like don't scare them or don't do this or don't, you know, it's when something happens, uh, then there is a change. And I've, mm-hmm. all, and I've said this even before you came on the show, I just, you know, opening to the show is that. There's a transformation that an athlete goes through when he or she puts on her uniform or or his uniform. And you you become a complete different person when you put on that uniform. And I don't care what the industry is or whatever. If a, a policeman, a policeman is not the same person, should not be the same person when he's got that uniform on that he is at home with his family. Or, or in the neighborhood with the kids. You know, that's the same thing when a military person puts on that uniform as opposed to when they don't have that uniform on. Baseball, football, basketball player, track doesn't make a difference. You know, cheerleading, I, I don't care. It, it's a different, you're a different person. And right. so I think that part of that transformation, it's an emotional transformation. I, I, there's been many years, just like I got headphones on right now, that I put headphones on and I've closed my eyes. And I'm living to some P-Funk, 
Come on. Y'all know who that is. <laughs> this is a Parliament Funkadelics, and I just became, if you hear any noise, it just I, it, that was it. We was gone. Right. Just into another world where it wasn't nobody but me, you know, and that person on the other side, and I had no love for that person. I mean, right. that's, that's what we do. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I didn't see it, but I've heard that the Charlotte Hornets coach recently had a problem with one of his players that was fraternizing with the other team after they had just lost the game. And they had, and, and listen, they ain't won but maybe five games all year long, and he just lost it, you know. So emotionally, well, back, and, and you know something, right? That goes back to when you first start playing a sport, especially when you're talking about competitive contact sports. And you know, for lack of a better uh, analogy, people want to say, well, basketball is technically basketball is a contact sport. You are making some form of contact. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, when you have that, you are both trying to achieve the same goal of winning. Okay? I've seen with Pop Warner football, with the youngest group of children, I have actually seen parents and coaches get mad because their son has turned around and helped up an opposing player. Now, you all help him up. I've seen it in basketball, with AAU basketball. Yeah, that's that's, the, you know, because to turn around and to help up an opposing player, while on one hand that is sportsmanship, but in the heat of the moment, the whole idea is not to show any weakness. See, and that's where you, you know, we, we, the messages that we send. There you, now you're hitting on it. See, see, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You want a physical game, but then all of a sudden you don't want it to go too far. You know what? You're sending mixed messages to this person. You know, you need a physical. I mean, the whole thing with the Lakers is that they kind of soft. They say Paul Gasol is soft. They bought, they bought Metal World Peace there to give them a sense of aggression, to be the physical person. Now, again, I'm not condoning the elbow, but what, I, what I'm, I'm just saying, that, you know, got caught up with the emotions and, you know, that somebody should be able to step in and say, no, no. In this particular case, the intent was not to harm a person, you know, with the degree of which you are suggesting that he meant to, to harm this person. he That well, was me, not the intent. I, and, and so I just think. Ask, let me throw this out at you then. Um, do, is it really about the elbow or is it really about the celebration? Well, because, I, you know, if you look at, you know, would, would everybody want to go back to his previous history of aggression um, and really negate, you know, the, the, the work that he has put into, you know, managing his anger, you know, since 2004, is it really about the image of this muscular African-American man after dunking, beating his chest like Tarzan? Well, there's no doubt in my mind that there are some people out there that are going to link him to some type of animal. No, no exactly. doubt about it. That, that, but, exactly. but, but again, you got to think about it is that, you know, it is kind of barbaric. All sports has a, some aspect of, you know, prehistory. I mean, it's just like, woo, they used to do that way back then, didn't they? Yeah, right. when some of us still do it today, it, there, there, there's, there's, there's something about, 
animals and people you know that, that, that some characteristics are, are the same you know right. I, we, we didn't come from I don't believe in that I'm, I'm a, I believe in I, Jesus no, Christ not, I didn't come but, but you know what I'm saying but, but yeah but there's yeah, some and there's some animal instincts out there you know when you attack they talk to you attacking about you know the way a bear would go attack go get him you know you attack don't don't hesitate you know right. a, a, a gazelle doesn't right. hesitate when you're gonna go get what he's gonna get to run for what he's gonna run for whether he's attacking or he's running that there's no hesitation you make a decision go do what you got to do and do it and i and and, and the meta world's peace example he, he was in a celebratory movement now, I, here's the thing about it what was amazing to me is how quickly if those people out there believe that this was his anger how quickly did his emotions change that fast? It was it, it was within a fraction of a, it was in all the same movement right. that he went right. from being happy to being angry. Right. Somebody's got let, let's really stop and think about I, I really think they, they need to stop and think about because I think they're going too far. And I've heard they some are, because if he had been if he had been, you know, as angry as depicted right afterwards, then. Uh, first of all, he wouldn't have gone over to a referee to explain. Okay, I agree. I agree. That's right. That's right. That, and that's what I was saying earlier. No, he went over to say I was just I was celebrating. I, I, maybe I was caught up in my celebration or something. But but no, I didn't mean to. Because you know what? And we've seen Metal World Peace. I don't think he really apologizes for much. No, he doesn't. I mean, it, it is like like he told before he joined the Lakers. I think, you know, Kobe walked up on him one time and he was like, do you know you're walking up on Ron Artest? You ain't walk up on Ron Artest just now, did you? Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the way Meta is. He's just he's like that. And everybody respects him and knows that, OK, no, we don't. We ain't messing with Meta. I'm really, we right. don't. We're going to stay within the rules and play within the rules. But we're not really trying to get physical and fight him. And, right. and, and he's not. He's trying to stay within the rules, too. And so I, I, you know, I, I, I think of nobody else out there is defending this man. I, I hope that, and you know, blogs can be nasty, and oh. and it sounds like your comments could have come from some blog you might have read out there already, you know, describing oh, yeah. him as you know more of an, an animal than a human being. But th- these are barbaric sports, you know. It's just, it's just some, you know, there's some animal and and these guys when they play the game, and I'm okay, I'm okay with that. But this, I'm gonna tell you what's really amazing me about basketball is truly. For it to be such a, and it is like you said, it, it's it's a contact collision kind of sport, mm-hmm. you know, that there are more injuries just based upon the movement yes. of so many people and so many parts of your bodies moving around, you know, slinging and, you know, so punches like that or elbows like that. To me, I'm surprised that it doesn't happen more often. And I'm going to tell you what, there are too many times. Where basketball players do when they grab rebounds and they swing their elbows. I am telling you this. As much as Ron Artest is at fault, there's also some flopping in on that too. Because I'm going to tell you what, homeboys know how to get out of the way of elbows when they don't want to get hit. Exactly. They know, and, 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 and to me, Harden made no attempt to get away from Ron in any capacity whatsoever. He, he stood there to take the, the full blow. Mm-hmm. Of that punch that was being delivered, because you can you can watch. I mean, just watch the point guards or the guys down low, right. the big fellows when they get the ball and they go from their back of the basket and they flip around and they for, and they, and now all of a sudden they're facing the basket. And when they do it consistently, the elbows are out and swinging. And, it's, and it's, that's the proper stance. That's exactly that's, right. You know, that's, that's part the of the game. Way. You're supposed to grab a rebound. That's and that's part of the game. And so right. I, you know, just like. Uh, and Van Gundy, I love him because he's always talking about he hates flopping. 
there was a little bit of acting going on in there. You know, I'm not I'm I'm not going to say that that Harden is 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 completely innocent. I I just can't give that to him. As a result of maybe you stood in there too long. It's almost like somebody crowding the plate. You, right. you stood in there too long and a hundred miles an hour fastball hit your butt. You, you shouldn't have, <laughs> you should have got out of the way or you shouldn't have been so close to the plate. You know, I, you know, I didn't know he was going to throw a hundred mile an hour fastball, but you knew he was going to throw the ball. You knew he was going to throw the ball. That's right. You, you didn't, you, that's that. right. You knew Ron, you didn't know Ron Artest was going to throw that elbow, but you knew that perhaps maybe by you you know, getting in his path and altering his path, there's a chance that you could get a technical out of this because you know Ron, and Ron probably going to push you or something, and you ready to fall down. So I, I, I just, I know a little bit too much sometimes when it comes to the sports thing, you know, that I don't want to give, you know, one person 100% of being right and the other person, you know, 90% of because it, you never know. You just never know. I'll tell you what, I didn't know the time was flying so fast. I didn't get a chance to talk about the Saints. My goodness, we was going to talk about the draft and most of the young men with the draft. I'll tell you what, Dr. White, we might just have to come back and do a special draft show maybe on Thursday yeah. or Friday. So I want you just to stay alert because we got to talk about these young men and their emotions when it goes to this draft. I, yeah. I just don't know. You know, sports sometimes, because I've been reading some things lately here, sports sometimes, it, it, it delivers such a high profile and gives you such an emotional charge that the letdown sometimes could be lethal. Oh, yeah. yes. And and, and, and and we just recently, and God bless him, one of the members of the fraternity uh, just committed suicide uh, here okay. recently, an older gentleman uh, before my time. And so I, I want to uh, give a, a prayer out to him, his family, and God bless him in heaven. But I just want to thank you for joining me on the show. Uh, another good show. Whenever you call me, it's always a good time. And so I tell you what, I'm going to call you later this week. And okay. we'll probably do something later in the week. Hey, everybody, we got to go. I hate to say that, but I only get so much time. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.